One witch is powerful. A coven of witches is unstoppable. Want to go deeper in your craft with the support of your basic witches? Then join our coven on Patreon. We have three tantalizing tiers with ad-free episodes, shout-outs on the pod, monthly card pulls, and girl talk, where you get to connect with us one-on-two. So, are you a basic witch, boss witch, or our best witch? We can't wait to see you in the coven. Hexo, hexo. Basic witches. I mean, we're witches, <laughs> basically. Witch, please stop subconsciously hating yourself, shoulding all over yourself. And for the love of goddess, stop thinking you have to do it all on your own. This witch is haha here to help. Find me on sexandthesynchronicity.com for coaching, courses, card pulls, and deep XX exploration through erotic art. Fortune favors the bold, so be bold, be that witch, and head to sexandthesynchronicity.com. Hey witches, Leah here. You know my all-time favorite thing to talk about is manifestations, synchronicities, and going for the goals. So if you're ready to put your feminine energy in the front seat and whoa manifest some sh**, wait, are you really gonna bleep out sh**? I can't say sh**, this is my commercial. Anyway, what are you waiting for? It's canal or never. Join my four-week manifestation course, buy my deck, art, and more by going to www.leahknauer.com. L-E-A-H-K-N-A-U-E-R.com. Hey, witches. Happy Witchy Wednesday. It's Leah Knauer. And Rachel LaForest. And we have writer-illustrator Katie Barbaro in the club today. Da club. <laughs> it's da a party. Club? I don't know. <laughs> da co- in the <da> coven. <laughs> yeah, she's so, so awesome. You guys are going to love her as much as we do. We talk major trigger warning. We talk a lot about eating disorders, intuitive eating, um, self-acceptance, radical self-love, sobriety, addiction. I mean, so many juicy goodness in this one. And we some both juicy, cry. We both cry. And some <laughs> juicy new role play for me. Oh, Uh oh. <laughs> You'll get it in the end. <laughs> yes. And if you want to see video of cats crawling all over me and scratching me during the entire recording, then you have to join our Patreon. <laughs> yes, you'll get ad free video episodes before the episode even drops. Um, and you can find the link to the Patreon on Instagram at Basic Witches. We're so not fed up with Katie, but you're going to love this episode and hearing about her book fed up enjoy katie it's crazy to meet you and have like a voice and face to to you speaking because i've finished fed up in one sitting and so i i had an imagined version of your voice you know like what and it's just it's just so cool to meet the human that made this i wow, love that's it. so funny Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's so uh, great. To be the cartoon coming to life. Here we are. Yes. <laughs> Um, for listeners, Fed Up is an illustrated guide to food freedom that Katie wrote and illustrated. And it's beautiful. It's like an adult picture book, comic strip slash like fucking spiritual journey. Oh, it's filled with so many like intuitive, wise nuggets, like all about addiction, intuitive eating, diet culture. I mean, fuck, where do you want to start, Katie? Yeah. <laughs> where do you want to dive in first? Oh man, I love it. Yeah, I love, like, as soon as I got to know you guys through your podcast and just through, you know, the magic of social media, I'm like, oh, I resonate so much with what you share. And, you know, what diving in is like diving into whatever's juicy and real for us right now, because that's kind of the whole point, right? It's Uh like everything that we need to move through is like right in front of us. And Mm. so, having that perspective on my recovery journey, you know, like I had bulimia, I was like in deep resistance of my life without realizing it. And Mm -hmm. some of the, like the shadows are usually the things that are going to transform us the most. So that's been my personal journey. So much of diet culture is, is, and was training women to hate themselves, thus making them smaller and depressed. And when we like can be aware of that and unpack that and really address everything, which you do, you address so much in the book. Like that's when we become free, when we are fed up, so to speak, like with this bullshit that we're taught that women need to look a certain way or be a certain, actually just people that we need to like look a certain way and be a certain way when like, if we love ourselves, that that's the main ticket that we're not really taught. Yeah. And it, it, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Katie. No, I was just like, that's so true. It's about uh, noticing where we've latched onto those Mm -hmm. external ideas, right? Which are so readily available. They're served up to us on a platter with diet culture. Mm -hmm. It's not even like we had to opt into it because just by being born in the Western world, like you have already, it's like a preset of being alive. You have this conditioning more or less, right? It's like ingrained into our culture. And And it's even in our imaginations, you even, even in your fantasies, it's in there. It's so Mm -hmm. ingrained. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I've talked about this before on the show. I used to be anorexic in like middle school and, um, I had an exanga that was specifically, by the way, like trigger warning for this whole episode. We'll put that in the intro. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I like had a whole exanga that was dedicated to tracking food and looking at what was called thinspo inspiration to be thin and just how warped my brain was just to control. It was a sense of control when I felt like I had none. And And it's just so sad that we like self-sabotage our own bodies. And for what? Exactly. And it feels productive. I loved that depiction you made of the seesaw on the playground with self-sabotage and and self-improvement, I believe was on the other side. Like, it's like this game of going back and forth between hurting yourself and helping yourself. And there can be a line. And I think that line is when you fucking think you're in control. Mm -hmm. And I say that as a recovering perfectionist and 
as um, someone who also dabbled in anorexia and bulimia in mm -hmm. early high school, middle school times. And, and it doesn't really, I don't know. Would you agree with this, Katie? It doesn't really go away. I guess I wouldn't say it's past tense because it's, there's always a seed of it still there. I agree with that. Yeah, that's a really, that's a really good question too. Like, can it go away? Is this something that it's almost like as long as we want it to go away, it won't. As long as we're mm -hmm. fighting against it, it's going to still be there because there's something to be fighting. When it goes away is when we kind of, we actually get off the seesaw. Mm -hmm. So it's the seesaw is like being, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like being consumed by the, by the self-sabotage and then being, being like fighting against it. And either way, it's turning up the frequency of that self-sabotage, whether I'm trying to like avoid it all at all cost, or I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm just like, oh, like fuck a, it. I'm in attack it, it on every front. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Too hard on it. Yes, 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 yes. And as also a recovering perfectionist, like, wow. Like when we really get into what self-acceptance means, mm. it is being in every single, just like ounce of that experience. Like every single cell of my body is like, well, welcome here, right? So that means mm. like every little, it's like radical self-compassion for the parts mm. of me that are still in self-sabotage or that are mm -hmm. whatever that is. And that when there's like full, mm -hmm. full, full acceptance, then it has the possibility to like lessen the charge. Mm -hmm. mm. How did you take the first, I mean, I kind of know from reading the book and you kind of describe how you can't exactly pinpoint even a first step, it's gradual, but what were some of the first steps to cracking into like letting it be messy? Like, oh, mm. did I freeze? No, you're back. <laughs> did you get the question? Yeah. I did get the question. Okay. Yes. <laughs> this would be fun editing, I'm sure. Um, there's, or not, you leave it all in. Yeah, the uh, cracking into, I love, yeah, I love this. I can really get a visual here of like, okay, really getting into just the juiciness of this moment, right? Whether Whatever this is. And one of the things that's coming up for me is something I describe in the book, um, which was, uh, I was still struggling so much with bulimia. Like it was something, I was really fighting against it. As soon as I had my first bulimic episode, I, kind, I knew that, that I, I had crossed a line. Whereas- mm -hmm before that point, oh my gosh, like diet culture has normalized so much of the mental obsession and like physical monitoring of food intake. Like it's so normalized that I didn't realize my brain was completely hijacked by these dieting apps. Like you said, I also tracked all my food. I was like not eating enough food. So that's just disclaimer. Like it wasn't as if I was fine. And then I developed bulimia. It was mm. like, I was in deep, deep denial. And then once I became bulimic, I was like, okay, I can't deny this anymore. And, but I did had no way of being with myself. I didn't know how to be with myself in that. Mm. And 
I started dating somebody who in the book I call Gustavo. I um, love Gustavo. <laughs> I just talked to him yesterday. No spoilers, oh. but. And- <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And, you know, being with him, he was just like this gentle, loving soul who I met on, met on Tinder. Um, mm-hmm. And it was so funny because I. I thought I was going to be the one to like open him up. He has like extreme social anxiety and he's just like this kind of sweet, like semi-homeless man that I met. It wasn't like semi-homeless. It was just like, I, I was like on paper, it looks like I should be helping you, you know? Okay. Okay. Um, got you. He was, he wasn't like that. Ho- I used to talk about this when I did stand up. Like he was just like, it was just that he hadn't renewed his lease and also, you know, uh, hadn't done anything else about it. So I was like, okay, okay you're pretty much not, you don't have a home and <laughs> I'm somehow in love with you now. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so, but basically the moment that it's coming to mind is like, what was so healing about my relationship with him is I felt like I could say anything to him and he was just there with me. Mm-hmm. Like it was easy. He wasn't trying to, to fix me or to, mm. he wasn't worried, like overly worried. I think I would be afraid to share oftentimes because, um, I was like, Oh no, I don't want someone to look at me. Like they feel sorry for me. Like that's mm. more soul crushing than what I'm already doing to myself. Was he the first person that you were honest about your struggles with this in a romantic setting? Yes. Right. Yes. In a romantic setting for sure. Um, Well, I'd kind of like, I had tested the waters, but I'm very uh, sensitive and I can tell if it's too much for, or like, I at least was overly cautious. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it ended up coming off like rather flippantly sometimes like, oh yeah, I'm kind of, kind of became bulimic, but it's fine. I'm fine. I'm totally fine. I'm good. Mm -hmm. You know, that minimizing of the weight of what it really was. And yeah, it was all necessary. No pun intended. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, lose the weight, not the weight you think you're supposed to yeah. lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's some emotional weight around your mm-hmm. sweet little soul. So um, yeah, there was this one time where I just was honest with him and said like, right now, I really want to purge. Mm-hmm. Like I ate too much. I ate too much. I'm very full. I was like, if you weren't here, in my house with me, I would make myself throw up. Mm -hmm. And that was, and he just like held me and I cried probably Mm -hmm. because when wasn't I crying? (laughs) And it was like, you know, he said something that was just so, so sweet and simple and gentle. And he's like, yeah, sometimes I eat too much too. And then I, most people just wait. And I was like, oh, Oh yeah. You could just wait. Interesting. What is that like? (laughs) Like, what is that? What, what would happen if I just like waited and I was just with myself Mm. in this discomfort? Right. And the not taking action, not taking control, just sitting with it. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I had no, and so I had no, like, we're talking about this from like a really high level right now of like, Oh, you know, this like what the spiritual implications are of that. But at the moment, like it doesn't, you don't have that awareness when you're in it. It's just like, mm-hmm. holy shit, what's going to happen next? Like I'm yes. going into the unknown. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. 
And that's where I'm at right now. So when you were like, well, we'll just talk about whatever's present. Here we are. Um, because <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, the bring present. it. <laughs> oh, baby. Open it up. My relationship ended with a person who I would, would consider for much of it, my Gustavo. Um, someone mm-hmm. like my, you know, I considered him my knight because, yeah, I mean, he mm-hmm. helped me kind of save my life and he was so supportive and it had to end for some reason and I love how in the book you illustrate literally and with your words how important pain is as a portal like that's really helping me right now with where I'm at in the unknown because it's so painful you guys it's so painful yeah like when you said when am I not crying it's like that is me right now thank you yeah Thank you. Well, thank you. you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so grateful. Like you just being real about this right now is so healing Mm. for us and for everybody listening. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. There's no, just because you have a podcast doesn't mean you have it all like figured out it's right not, this is oh. wrapped up in a bow oh, you know no. what I mean like we're out here living real life <laughs> it's like uh-huh. it's so yeah like ah uh, yeah and like letting yourself really just be in every wave yeah that comes. and that's why like can we just spoiler can we spoiler for future of, readers of course, like okay of course because with Gustavo <laughs> you had to lovingly end the relationship is how you put it and I just want to hear more about that because mm. I feel like mine mm. ended and I want it to be loving but I'm not there yet mm. yeah oh that's so that's like the best question you could ever ask because it's coming mm. from right now and from your heart and it touches my and heart And you mean a lot. it with love. Mm-hmm. You're asking for love in the future. Oh, yeah. And yeah, wow, that was so difficult to really, um, mm. like the realization that the relationship was over or that I needed to make a shift, right, was... I started to resent him for who he was in this now moment. I was starting to wish he was a different way. The reason mm. our relationship was so beautiful, so loving, so just, you know, it was healing and and wonderful. It was because we both were just accepting each other mm. for exactly who we were and loving that. And as soon as, you know, I... I got to this place where actually in recovery, it was opening me up in new ways. And I was actually coming into contact with some deeper longings, deeper desires that I hadn't been allowing myself to feel like wanting a family, wanting, a, you know, yeah, to have kids and to explore and have a really big, full creative life. And I like, it felt like I was outgrowing the relationship in certain ways. And there were times, it wasn't as if the relationship couldn't expand, like it had, it expanded both of us within Mm -hmm. the context of it. Right. But as soon Mm -hmm. as I started like coming into this awareness of wanting more, wanting different, all Mm -hmm. of that and bringing it to him. And it was like, not 
really jiving with where he was. It was like, oh, in order to love you, like truly in order to hold you in, in love, I cannot be this close to you anymore. I need to, mm. I need to wow. move into a container that can hold my love for you appropriately. Right. Like I, mm. I'm going to start resenting you if I'm feeling unfulfilled in this relationship. Mm. Um, and such a tough realization. Mm. Yeah. And to be honest, I'm actually navigating a relationship right now where this is, this keeps coming up. Actually. It's like, mm. we've needed to break up with each other, break up with how the relationship has been in order to move into like how we actually want to be with each other. And this mm. is so you know, it's so natural to fall into like codependent patterns and like ways. I feel like so many relationships could use a breakup and a re get back together. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I want to just like, who my, my higher self wants to come in and just kind of like revamp how I'm showing up in this relationship. And so looking back on the Gustavo relationship, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this would have been possible there with each other. It takes, but it takes both mm. person, both people being willing to do that and be fully authentic and honest and true to themselves in that. Um, so mm, like that was my biggest takeaway is like mm -hmm. when it comes to commitment and being in a relationship, my commitment needs to first be to myself and showing up authentically in this relationship. Mm. And if there's not somehow a possibility for that, then I need to make an adjustment, whether that's ending a relationship or mm. bringing something um, else into it. I mean, mm. yeah. yeah. And so the epilogue with the Gustavo storyline, which, which is your real life. Um, this is the epilogue. That's what the... fixed, I would have changed this plot yeah. line. Yeah. <laughs> but you said you just talked yesterday. So have you been able to successfully be friends with someone you used to be romantic with? Yeah, we really, yeah, we really have. I mean, we're, it's, it's kind of amazing. We're not like, we don't talk all the time, but he's somebody that I really hold with like so much tenderness and love inside mm. my heart. And the mm. more like distance I have from the relationship, the more I can see how healing and beautiful it was for me. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Writing this mm. book was actually something that really m had me facing that on just such a deep level. Like, wow, this really showed me what it meant to be present with someone. And this is what love feels like to me. Mm. Wow. And I hadn't understood that before. What, what gave you strength in the time of the breakup? Cause I know we also have listeners who are also going through breakups right now. So this could be very helpful. How do you, what gave you strength to like step away from what you knew was a loving relationship, but still like stand in your own. Mm. The way, yeah. The way that we ended it with the intention like it was such a we were still there for each other and I kind of knew that the entire mm -hmm. time we were together if we had to end our relationship mm -hmm. that it was like we have each other's backs like there's a way to in yourself like have your own back too mm -hmm. but it's like I want 
this to be, I want you to have what you want and I want me to have what I want. Like I want, Mm. and Mm. so that eased a little bit of the pain, although it didn't make it go away. Right. It doesn't. And this also coincided with my recovery journey and like working Mm. the steps for the first time through, um, an anonymous program. And so that, I mean, the, the trajectory of like moving towards myself, my higher self, Mm. my higher power, whatever you want to call that, like strengthening that connection. It was the breakup really came as a realization. I've been making Gustavo my higher power Mm. when Mm. I like can be connecting more with my own source of unconditional love. Like there's I don't need to be making this about another person. Mm. Yes. This is making me so curious what your sign is. <laughs> I'm Sagittarius. Okay, yeah. cool. What about you guys? I'm, I'm Scorpio. A Gemini. Mm, my what what a else? Gemini. What are your other signs? Sagittarius and what? Um, let's see. I am a Leo rising and an Aries moon. Ooh, oh, nice. okay. I also have an Aries moon. And since this book was so much about emotions, I bet that's why I felt like, well, I'm sure a lot of people are relating to it, but I just felt like you're reading my fucking mind, my emotional mm. mind. You're reading mm-hmm. my heart. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> so sweet. Can mm. you walk us through like, um, how you came up with the idea of the book? Did it just hit you? Like, what was the process of creating the book? And I bet that was its own healing journey in and of itself. Totally. Like it was probably, I started drawing cartoons during an Inktober challenge in October of, I think it was like 20, I think it was 2017. Um, And it was sort of part of this creative renaissance that I was having of, you know, when I went into recovery from my eating disorder, it was like, oh, now that I'm not obsessing about food, my energy really did start going into like, what do I want to spend my time on? You know, I like bought a guitar and I'm like, I'm drawing, like it was all of these things. I'm like, oh, Mm. wow. Okay. I, all that energy that had been sort of misdirected into Mm -hmm. this funnel of self-sabotage was actually wanting to go into a creative um, outlet. Like you quote someone in the book as saying, um, I think a friend of yours saying an eating disorder is the battle cry of a starving artist. An eating disorder is the battle cry of a starving artist. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. I do too. It feels Mm -hmm. like so right. And so what you're describing that mm. with less energy going into that, you, your, your sacral shock and your creativity came pouring out. Mm. Totally. Yes. Like it's actually, if we think about it, like, and this is something that I really love to practice radical self-compassion for every stage of this journey. Like <sighs> it's, you know, it's like, I was being so creative about how I was trying to manipulate my body. And like, I was so good at it. Right. Like I was just Mm. like, Oh, I'm meticulously tracking all of this. Like in some ways it put me in touch with my power in like a really kind of fucked up sense where Mm. I was like, Oh, 
look at what I'm creating. This is my empire of having a, a good body or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and it, even if it was just a mental war going on inside, it was, um, I also think the phrase good body is so crazy. Oh, I know. Uh, exactly. Like a body is just a body. If All you bodies have a body, are good it's bodies. good. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. But the, that is just a phrase that we know and all accept and use is like crazy. Same with bikini body. It's like, no. It's like you have a bikini body if you put a yes. bikini on it. Exactly. <laughs> totally. This is, yes. This is my summer body because it's summer. Um, right. And this is my body. Yeah. Yes. 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 Um, 100%. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like that, that mm-hmm. whole idea of like, you know, my goal that I was moving towards was just a misguided goal. And like, as soon as we kind of um, dismantle that. And then it's like, oh my God, where does all this energy actually want to go? And, Mm. you know, that's when we can start stepping into our purpose. And so, yeah, it totally felt like starving artist status, right? Like I was just hungry Mm. for expression and I was hungry for like being able to digest my life fully and, and spit it out. And so like truly writing this book, like the process of, of like, well, first being in a denial about having an eating disorder, then like accepting it and somehow like going through this very circuitous recovery process, right? It's not like a magical fairy dust story of like your boom, your recover. Like that's part of what I wanted to share because it's like, there are so many twists and turns. It's not linear. It's like, my story is not going to sound like anyone else's story. It's just not because true recovery is like, walking yourself back home to you Mm. and your home's a different home than my home Mm -hmm. but it's gonna feel so good when you're there like it's so you know it's so fun to be yourself and if you don't feel like it that it's just you just don't know yourself yet you know it's like that's Mm -hmm. the that's the truth and so I've been walking around with this experience with me you know like this story has been in my body and it has wanted to come out and it has in certain ways, but it felt like I really do. I felt pregnant with it. I felt pregnant with the story. Mm. And I thought I was like, this was actually the beginning of quarantine when I started um, the writing process, like really writing the book. Like I knew that I had a book inside of me that wanted to come out. I had no idea I was going to write about it was just going to be about like this recovery journey, but wow! And um, you hand wrote these pages, like yeah, the whole thing is handwritten. Drafts <laughs> did you have to go through? Okay, what's so crazy? The draft. So you guys both have advanced copies of the book, yeah. which are my original drawings. And since then, I've done another draft where everything's like streamlined on my iPad. It's so crazy, but I'm so glad I did it. Like it's a little bit. It has the same vibe, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But like, yeah, so some of those are like the original, original pages that I just did. It was, I mean, the process of writing it was so healing for me. It was like having, waking up and having a sleepover with myself. You know, it was like, okay, I promise like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm, you know, it's just like that feeling of committing to a project, like Mm -hmm. just for me, even though I had some like external accountability, um, which I was so grateful for because I probably would have given up if I know my own track record. Um, (laughs) Like, yeah, it was this, like, I knew it had to have that giddy, excited, 
well, it's still secrets feeling um, for it to transmit that energy to the people reading it. So it needed to feel intimate and fun for me to write. Right. It's going to feel that way to read it. Mm-hmm. Of course, the energy that we create something with is the energy we attract into it. And it's the way it's observed. Yeah. Mm, exactly. I absolutely. Yeah. Agree and it, yeah. And that's how like, I, I like to approach life, you know, like if I'm having fun, I mean, it's not about making other people have fun, but like, if they, if they want to join, it's like, come on over. This is the, this mm. is my, this is the Katie party and you're well invited. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, are you fed up with the stories that you're telling yourself and the limiting beliefs that you have in your head? You know what can super help with that is therapy. And we are so excited and honored to be partners with BetterHelp, who do online virtual therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, you are what you eat. And if you need better food for thought, then BetterHelp can help you. They're licensed professional therapists that you can access whenever and wherever you are in the world because it's all online. So if you want to save 10% off your first month, we're going to spoon feed you this perfect, beautiful discount code. Use the code BASICWITCHES to get 10% off your first month with BetterHelp. That's better, B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P.com slash basicwitches. Now back to this not-so-basic episode with Katie Barbaro. There was a yeah. section that I really want to talk about because um, I went to rehab when I was 19 for mm. drinking. Like it was bad. It was really, really bad. And there's a section in your book you talk about um, breaking up with alcohol and you recognize the things, the good things that alcohol mm. taught you. And I've never like thought of that before. And I really loved reading it because it's mm. like you don't need alcohol to be better, but you can recognize, okay, what is it about alcohol that I was attracted to? What version of me did alcohol make me believe that I was? And like, how can I implement just that in everyday life? Like, for example, you talk about how it made you realize you love talking to people, you love going to parties and dancing and like all of the fun stuff that alcohol is usually associated with, but you don't need the alcohol to do that. Yes. I, this is a great question also related to breakups because mm-hmm. <laughs> everything, like everything we encounter, everything we like are attracted to, everything mm-hmm. that we're drawn to is there to just show us more of ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's true about relationships, partners, friends, people that were you know, that just come into our lives, um, certain substances, you know, like whatever it is, plant medicines, they can give us a reference point Mm -hmm. for something that is already inside of us. And yeah, certain people bring out different energy in us and alcohol brought out my like uninhibited, like, I'll just say whatever I want. Oh my gosh. Wow. I feel so free. Um, and, and also I'm barfing in a trash can with someone holding back my, like, who's like, where did I get, where did I, I wanted a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, we're having such a good time. And I'm like, oh, maybe I could just have the good time. Like, what about, what about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um one thing I'm trying to do differently in the moment right now in this this painful time is I'm trying to 
approach this journey into the unknown without a grip. Like I'm really like intending to free fall. I'm trying to be like, so like essentially relax my body for impact instead of bracing for impact, which mm-hmm. I have done more of in the past. Um, even, even like, does that make sense? What yeah. I'm describing? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, because, and you talk about that um, in the book too, after your breakup or, you know, even after your breakup with alcohol, breaking up with anything, you are going back into the unknown, that dark void of all the magic and possibility. Mm. And also it's very scary. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I love, yeah, that's such a good visual for surrender, what surrender is. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, softening yourself for impact, like softening, like softening into oh, this container. And it's bigger than you think, right? You're bigger than you think. Like there's, when we brace ourselves, we contract. And yes. when, yeah, when you soften, mm-hmm. you allow yourself to be the water, to flow into Oh, whatever is meant to come out. And yeah, I love that. And it sounds also like, you know, going through a breakup, especially, um, you know, if you've been with someone who's been a strong masculine force in your life, right. Who's had maybe that role as like a container for you, for your water, for the feminine. Um, of course we all have both masculine and feminine components Mm -hmm. within us, but, you know, for me going through a breakup, there's also a fortification of my inner masculine that needs to happen. So it's both that surrender and that I got you, babe. I got you. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. trusting that you'll protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. can I share a really fun consequence of the breakup right now? Yes. Please. <laughs> that is so the masculine. Okay. Um, there's a, there's a, character in my story of real life (laughs) that it has made a reappearance since the breakup and this I'm getting to know this character more and and essentially they are interested in my masculine side and it's giving me an opportunity to have to have fun okay I'm just gonna like cut to the chase I'm daddy (laughs) now Yes, daddy. Yes, daddy. Yes, literally. literally, I'm daddy. And like, and it's so interesting because I've been on the other side of that in in my past relationship, which I really enjoyed. Um, Mm. But now it's like, whoa, the the universe so quickly presented me with this fun outlet where I get to be daddy. It's like, oh my God. It's amazing, you guys. It's amazing. I'm taking to it really like, quickly and easily and it's just been fun to just lean into it what does that mean for you specifically to be daddy how can we embrace our inner daddy today (laughs) great question the way I'm doing it is being a leader being like the one who's the boss um that's a stereotype obviously that's like you know obviously women are bosses too and mommies are bosses but just in this role play because this is like a this is just a fun sexual partner over text this is like a very much sexually speaking. Um, but it's like, I say, yeah, I say yes or no. Like I make the rules mm. <laughs> and I'm oh, yeah. just, I'm the, the masculine, like decider container, like one who is dominant. 
I love that so much. Yeah. That's such a beautiful, like, like you said, this is the universe giving you like, Mm. you know, if we zoom out a little bit and we're just looking at, at the timeline of Rachel and what was strengthened in you in this relationship you just got out of. And now you're like, oh, and I'm now asked to expand in this other direction. Mm. And it's not personal. Like, it's not about this guy or this person, Mm. this, this person you broke up with. It's like your uh, relationship with life and your relationship Mm. with you. And it would have probably been limiting to yourself to stay in something that you're outgrowing. Yeah. Yeah. So much of your book and it seems your mindset in general, Katie is like growth mindset. And that is so freeing just saying allow, allowing Mm. yourself to be and grow and learn versus having to like be perfect and be a certain size and, you know, be a certain way. Yeah. Like we're not meant to, um, it's like, if we're not growing, we're dying. Right. Like that's, that's so true. It's, I think yeah. that's the title of the episode. <laughs> if we're not growing, we're dying. Grow people. Yeah, this is a threat. This is a threat. You better um, grow. Get, get growing. Yeah, get bigger. You grow, girl. Yeah, you grow, girl. I love that. Yes. It's like size doesn't matter, but it does when you're growing emotionally. Keep growing. No, yes. Let it grow. <laughs> let Let it it grow grow. I love it yeah and it's like growing doesn't always look it doesn't look the same either it's like accepting exactly where you are in your journey and whatever pen wherever your pendulum swinging like sometimes personal growth and self-improvement or not even improve like personal development whatever you want to call it it might look like I just got a bunch of books I'm reading a bunch of things I'm doing all this stuff and then sometimes it's like I'm gonna sell all my earthly belongings and just like travel around South America you know there's like (laughs) yes or it could be like, I'm just going to start eating macaroni and cheese and not giving a fuck. Like mm-hmm. it honestly, oh, personal growth. It's like, it's so dependent on what you need right now to feel like just so much juicy permission to be you. Mm. Oh, I loved your permission slips in the book, giving yourself permission slips to mm. blank, fill in the blank, anything, everything of being who and how you are. And I have a self-love course because clearly we teach what we need to learn and um, and it's what we write about too. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I have everyone do a written acceptance agreement, accepting yourself continually on an ongoing basis where you're at, where you're at, where you're at, where you're at. Like, just like your permission slips. I fucking love that concept. Like that's what, it's like, that's what we need to do to live with ourselves, which we are, we are stuck with slash blessed with ourselves. So we might as well be on our own team while we go through life. 100%. I love that. Yes. It's this like open-ended acceptance. Oh my gosh. Kitten appearance. Sweetest little kitten. Oh my. They keep meowing. So I had to take them out. I thought you'd want to see them. They're so cute. The cutest. I'm so happy we can hear them in the microphone. Yeah. Leave it on. Leave it in. Okay. Yes. Soothing kitten sounds more and more. Yes. This is about. People to hear it purr. Oh. So sweet. 
breaks yes. my heart. It's so okay, sweet. sorry, did we interrupt? No, it's perfect. It, it fits in because yeah. we're having like, we're like creating our inner purring, loving, like beacon <laughs> of kitty in our brains. Pussy that power. Are just like, yes, pussy power of accepting <laughs> everything we are in this moment. Like, yes. oh, how can I just like, you know, purr all over whatever it is and love, love like every every new turn that I'm taking and yes. start, start with the thing you see like accept the least like jump into that because you're gonna get there eventually and you need to love that like you don't have to go straight into self-love right but just like mm-hmm. okay okay so here's what we're working with I guess like this is something about me right now like all right I'm a judgmental person huh, mm. interesting I'm a little judgmental it's like of course that's just one layer right uh. but as soon as you accept that then you get to the deeper layers and you're like mm-hmm. oh interesting oh I have a longing for something oh I'm jealous of that person oh I'm also meant to be doing what that person's doing oh interesting okay okay I see how this works mm-hmm. and it's this way you're gonna meet yourself just on a deeper level once we accept everything about what we yeah like constantly getting messages from our soul mm. they're just like mm. pinging us with these little like thoughts and feelings and whatever and it might if we keep like snoozing it and pressing it down and whatever it's like we're not going to get to the juicy message underneath we're going to just think we mm. are this like external mm-hmm. display of ourselves yeah I'm loving looking at that through the IFS model, which is the internal family systems. It's the fact that the the school of psychology that you're made up of lots of parts and personalities. Um, and I felt like your book is, is that even if you weren't aware of it when writing it, <laughs> um, because you're constantly having conversations with the different parts of yourself. Um, mm. And like, the depiction of that to me when, when you're sharing about these layers is so in IFS, we have parts that are the deepest layer. They're the most hidden and buried and they are called the exiles. And they're like the oldest, deepest wounds. Like the shadow self. Yes. The shadows, like the deepest shadow. And then we have various layers of parts on top of that. Like some are firefighters, which manage to serve a purpose to like keep the exiles hidden. Um, Mm. So just to like illustrate with my own example, I have an exile part of not being wanted, being feeling unwanted that there's a part of me. And that goes back to like my earliest memories. And then Mm. I have the perfectionist part that functions to um, control situations so that like, so that I do a good job. So people like me. So I feel wanted. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Oh, yes. 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 There's like a team protecting the yes. exiled parts. Like, yes. okay, we're going to make sure that she doesn't have to get touched. So I'm going to like, you know, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Or like shame is a common exile part that totally most of us have. Is that one? Anxiety Anxiety could be really anything could be. It's like personal to each person. So whatever your deepest thing is. Um, I love this. Yeah. I hadn't, I I wasn't as familiar with like what those layers are. That's so cool to see it that way. And it's Mm -hmm. reminding me also of um, another thought model that I used to think about this with like our protector ego Mm -hmm. that we create Mm -hmm. that is also to protect our most tender parts. Like our, we're, when we're born, we are these like t- 
totally open, sensitive beings. And when we encounter the world, which is very harsh as it's meant to be, it's just this like very, you know, clunky 3D world and people talk to us how they talk to us and we Mm -hmm. might be jarred bad or they, you know, send energy our way that we're like, I have to protect myself. And then that's what we create to, um, it's, it's created out of love, out of protection for our inner mm. most tender parts. Yeah. And as we move into like, oh, like there's not this need for protection anymore. Like I'm mm-hmm. safe, safe. I'm, mm-hmm. I am light. I am the love I am. <sighs> then we can start looking at those those layers that are there and dismantling them and also recognizing that they come from loves or not even self-sabotage is really just self-protection, right? We're mm-hmm. doing our best for ourselves mm-hmm. every step of the way. Yeah. My therapist explains to me that like our brains are wired to like, um, to, to guide us to healing. Basically they mm-hmm. are wired for healing and for like mm. pro- progressing, so everything like everything that's happening up there <laughs> is in some way trying to help us. Yes. It's funny everything to say everything is here to help you. It doesn't yes. sound like it up there sometimes, but it is yes. trying. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. And honestly, even when you hit a rock bottom experience or like something where you're like, oh man, it's like you're either crashing and burning to have a wake-up call if you're not like Mm. following it yourself. It's like you're, it's crazy how your internal guidance system is just gonna take you into the situation that's meant to wake you up into who you really are. Yes, yes. The islands of Hawaii were born of the ashes of the volcano. It's like, you know, it's like oh wow yeah and like like how how beautiful those islands are with how much mm-hmm. color and I mean they're like some of the Gorgeous. most beautiful yeah and they came from yeah. they literally are a phoenix like Hawaii is the phoenix like it rose wow. from ashes that is so amazing I had no idea yes <gasps> yeah yeah my sister Angie reminded me of that for as a comfort during this time of pain mm-hmm. yeah she's like well gonna be beautiful (laughs) you're gonna you're turning into Hawaii yes Yes. aloha witch aloha (laughs) (laughs) aloha witches yes Katie what would you say like to listeners who maybe are the cats too distracting oh is it okay I honestly okay they're clawing like they're climbing and clawing all over me um I think it's fun. Okay. (laughs) What would you say for listeners who are like struggling with body image? Like where's the first place to start with addressing Mm. this and really unpacking all of this? Yeah, that's a great question. And of course, like with the caveat that everyone's journey is different and there's no, yeah, there's no like one size fits all answer ever. But for me, the first real like recovery really started happening when I started being honest with other people in my life and moving towards people um, that 
supported, that made me feel like good. Like there's two kinds, recognizing the difference between the disordered brain, the brain that thinks that you're, you know, that you, you, you need to change your body, that, that like, that you're not okay. And then the part of you that loves yourself. Like there, there's like all, we all have a balance between that. Right. So knowing which, which part of you is attracted to certain people. Like you could probably categorize every person in your life and it's like, okay, is this person good for my self-loving part? Or is this person, does this person help me hate myself? You know, and move towards those things that feel really nourishing to you. And that, you know, getting the kind of support that's going to strengthen the, I love myself part. And so so, asking for human help is the is the answer totally. essentially. Okay. Like, yeah. Like, cause basically like when you're in a state of clarity, making moves from that place is like, okay, wow. I need someone, I need to tell on myself. Like that was mm-hmm. for me really healing. And it's of course, you know, like move feel like it's important that you feel safe when you do that too. It's not just like go tell every friend that, you know, right. like this is really tender stuff. Right. Um, but yeah. So whatever that feels like, like trust also that you have access to higher guidance. It doesn't matter how fucked up you think you are. You actually can know what your higher self is telling you to do. Like another thing is writing letters to your future self and asking for advice. You will get an answer. Like you, Mm -hmm. you just, if you earnestly want it and you, and you do it, like you're gonna, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be able to access like what's next for you. And so mm-hmm. with everything in recovery, like learning to feel into and move towards what resonates with you, whether that's other people, choices in your day, like mm-hmm. that's the place we want to, that's the thing we want to cultivate the most. I love the quote and I'm probably going to butcher it, but it's like, what consumes your brain ultimately consumes you. It's like what you tell your brain and what you like focus on becomes what your life is and I just feel like that really fits this like instead Mm -hmm. of consuming on what you consume literally like physically with food and focusing instead on pleasure and joy and connection and community and love and healing and all these beautiful things that you can not pay attention to when you're stuck in an addiction or um, an eating disorder or anything like that yeah, it's remarkable how much we, our creative power is really amazing. And it starts in our imagination. It starts with our thoughts. And yeah, like when I was intent- entrenched with diet culture, I created mm-hmm. a really chaotic life, but it was based on, you know, this, my thoughts, like it, mm. it, it's crazy how it manifests. And oftentimes we don't see it until we look back on it. It's like, Oh, okay. Maybe I did create all of that. We often feel mm. like we're, when we feel like we're helpless and we don't have any creative power, that's actually when we're creating the most and we're not realizing it, right? <laughs> oh, like, Oh, I'm yeah. creating a life <laughs> where I don't feel like I have creative power. Interesting. I'm, I'm creating disempowerment. Wow. (laughs) I'm like manifesting from a place of fear. And it's like, as soon as we make that switch, then you can become the role. You embody your role as the creator, as opposed to just like passive creation through fear. 
Wow. Yes. So well said. I'm wondering if you consider yourself a witch or like, are you into witchy shit? What's going on there? <laughs> That's such a good question. I was like, I was like, how am I going to answer this? If they ask me if I identify <laughs> as a witch, um, <laughs> I feel, um, yeah, I like, I, I'm curious, like, what is your definition of a witch? Well, it's, it's, we think it can be personal to everyone, but Um, Leah and I tend to believe that a witch is an empowered person who's choosing to uh, transform energy in their life. Then totally. I'm a witch. (laughs) I thought so. Reading your book. I thought (laughs) so. Yes, yes, yes. Um, um, I feel like that too. Yeah. It's actually, this journey has really led me to a place where I, yeah, like energy is everything. And so now when I work with people, like I, I started out as an occupational therapist and a life coach, and now I'm like really doing more energy work with people because it's just like the most basic form of communication really. And the, it's like the, like, that's the truth. It's like, you feel it. Energy doesn't lie. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, in your body, if something feels good to you, you know, Mm. something doesn't feel good to you and everything in between. Mm -hmm. and yeah and so when it comes to like putting light into the shadows of our experience it's like it's such a direct path to um to doing that it feels like oh I love witchcraft baby yes (laughs) well I had an idea what if we do a reading where we use the book for bibliomancy cool I'm so into that (laughs) That sounds fine. Cool. We've never done that before. Okay. So bibliomancy <laughs> is, is like, yeah. basically we, we can come up with what the, what the question is, or it can be general. And then I'll, I'll just keep like sh- basically shuffling the deck of the pages of the book until it feels right to land. And we'll see what it says. Oh, I love and that. That's like okay. the message. Yes. So, so this is going to be interesting. Do you, do you want a personal question? Do you have anything on your mind? Do you want to ask for whoever's listening? What do you want to ask? Mm, okay. This is great. Um, yeah, I would ask a question about, hmm, I guess this is more like, it's for me and for the collective, like what is the meaning of, like, if I'm feeling like I'm moving backwards in certain ways, like, maybe I'm going picking up old habits or like maybe I'm finding myself in fear and anxiety. Like if things are cropping up from my past, um, what are they here to show me? Or like, what is the meaning of it? Okay. I love that. What is the purpose? Yeah. What is the purpose of these past resurfacings? What is the purpose of the past resurfacing? Got it. Gateway. I literally, oh, wait, you can't see. I literally landed with my thumb on the word gateway. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that. Oh, my God. This is is the page. This is what Leah was talking about when you talk about how alcohol, what it taught you and helped you with. Oh, cool. That's so cool. Oh, I love it. 
So it says, though I wasn't aware of it at the time, alcohol was a gateway to feeling my feelings. So Mm. maybe things coming up from the past are also a gateway to Mm. feeling the feelings. Mm. Oh, goosebumps. Oh, fuck. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) That was so cool. How do you feel? Awesome. feel very witchy. Yes. Uh (laughs) Yes. Like that's the goal. That's awesome. Yeah, that's spot. That's spot on. Of course, like of course, whatever is present, like you said, it's all here to help us. Mm. It's all. It's all a gateway. It's a portal mm. into deeper truth. We just mm. get to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, keep. We gotta just keep free falling through those gateways. Yes. Yeah. Keep feeling and healing. Yeah, I'm picturing like a water slide. We're on a water slide. That's the energy I want. <laughs> Just woo. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That's daddy energy. Uh, yes, slice. daddy. Yes, yes daddy. daddy. I cannot energy. believe I'm daddy now. Oh, you guys. I can believe it. Just I so fun. I never thought. I don't know. I was so into my submissive side, but now I'm like dom 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 da da da. Mommy dommy. Yes. <laughs> Mommy dommy. <laughs> dom dom dom. Dom dom I'm so happy. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Katie, obviously your book is called Fed Up, an illustrated guide to food freedom. But how can people connect with you? How can they find you online, etc.? Yes. Um, I would love to connect with people over Instagram. You can find me at Katie Barb, K-A-T-I-E-B-A-R-B or at fed up the book. And yeah, you can also find me on my website, katiebarbro.com. I do. I also have a creativity course for people who want to step into some of that creative expansion and, you know, like do the things that like, kind of like have a, have a little sleepover party with yourself and nurture a creative project that way. So yes. Um, and I've just so enjoyed being here with both of you. Oh my gosh. Oh, what what an honor. Um, and in closing, let's do a basic blessing, something we're each grateful for. I mean, I'm going to just go first. I am so grateful for your book and the emotions it helped me move through because I laughed and cried. And like I said, read it in one sitting. I was just so into it and I'm going to read it again. It was so helpful. So fucking thank you for finishing this project. Mm. Oh, that means so much to me. I'm grateful. I, (laughs) I don't mean to like steal. I'm not stealing your answer because I'm still, I'm feeling, (laughs) I'm just just feeling, uh, what I'm feeling in the present moment, but I, I honestly feel so grateful to like be connecting in real time with you. And like, Mm -hmm. it touches me so much to feel, um, how this touches you and how you're moving right now in your, in your life. So I'm really grateful for both of you, how like vulnerably Mm -hmm. you share yourself because this Mm -hmm. is how, this is how we bring light into the darkest parts of ourselves as we just bring them up to the surface and it's such an honor to share this space with you so just immense gratitude thank you yeah this is how we heal by talking and sharing um i'm so grateful that live performances are back we had our first show um of a show that i've done for like eight years now first show last night and i literally cried hugging my boss who's also my friend like as soon as i saw him in the room that we always perform in i cried and i wasn't expecting that but it was just such an, a euphoria of like holy shit i'm like tearing up right now like holy shit we survived a whole pandemic 
Mm-hmm. And like, we're all here and we're performing and like, we get to make people happy again. And just to get to see my friends was, I missed it so much. Beautiful. Very so grateful. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the cat oh. just farted. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> no. Perfect <laughs> really sure. timing though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>